At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, guys? We're back. Another podcast, HVAC Know-It-All podcast in full effect. So... I got this new setup here that I'm I'm trying out. It's late on a Friday. It's like uh, 11.06 p.m. I just cracked the Sapporo, actually. Great beer, by the way. Because this, this setup has been causing me a little bit of stress, but I think I figured it out now. I got the mic, I got the, the Rodecaster Pro, and I got my laptop all kind of interlinked together here. So... Hopefully, going forward, this will be my new setup, and um, I think I'm enjoying it so far. So, we have a great podcast for you guys. We have a gentleman by the name of Kevin Gleason on the podcast. He's been in the industry for uh, about 45 years, okay? Um, He's out of Louisiana, and him and I are going to have a discussion on refrigerant safety and some of the things that can happen to you if you're not careful around refrigerants. And the the discussion, I'm going to be honest, the discussion revolves mostly around R22 because that's the experience um, I guess I've had coming up through the trade and and Kevin's had a lot of experience on R22 as well. So Kevin, he he flies by the handle um, on Instagram, airtech181. So A-I-R-T-E-K-181. 181 and closer to the end of the interview kevin is going to discuss a bit of a serious topic okay that's related to refrigerant and refrigerant safety and the reason this came up is because him and i had a discussion after a post i made about three weeks ago i used a snapchat filter and Basically, I I made my eyes bug out and I'm like, this is what happens when you breathe in too much R22. And it was just a joke. And he kind of messaged me and said, hey, this is what happened to one of my friends. And I'm like, man, that's that's some serious stuff. Do you want to talk about it on a podcast? Because I think it's it's good awareness for people. So he said yes. And we got together and we did this interview. So that is coming up. Okay, And just so you guys know. A lot of people have been asking me about the merch that I've been trying to um, get out there. I'm about 90% done with the Shopify store. There's a few bugs I got to work out. It's going to be called HVACgear.com because that's the name I chose and it was available on Shopify and I, I picked it up. I can't remember if I had to pay extra for it or not at this point because it was so long ago when I when I when I picked up that name and grabbed it. So look for that coming soon. But anyway, guys, this is the HVAC Know It All podcast, and I'm your host Gary McCready. All right, so I like to give up a segment to True Tech Tools just because they got so much in their online store to offer. They got 
Testo, they got Fieldpiece, they got Appion, they got Fluke, they got Fleer. Uh, you know, just keep going down the list. But what I want to talk about on on this segment is the kit. And I call it the kit because it is industry changing. It really, really is. Now, in the kit, uh, you get a bunch of stuff. You get the NAVAC, 2CFM battery-powered vacuum pump. They sent me that, uh, NAVAC sent me that pump out. Okay, the other parts of the kit, the other two portions of the kit is the uh, the true blue hoses. You get a couple of those, and you get the clamps. And you also get the uh, the blue vac plus professional micron gauge. You get all that for about 1200 bucks, just over. And you can save the additional 8% with my promo code, know-it-all. Okay, so that stuff was sent out to me. And I put it to the test. Okay, and when, when I, whenever I get new stuff, it's always like, uh, it's always fun, but it's always stressful because you're trying to learn how it all works and put it all together. But once you do, um, it's a blast to have. It, it really, really is. So what I did is I took the recovery tank out of my, my truck and I pulled a vacuum two times on it. Okay. Um, once with the true blue hose, one true blue hose on the recovery tank. And I pulled an evacuation down to 500 microns in 23 minutes. And I used the, uh, the blue vac app powered by measure quick my first time using it. And I thought it was phenomenal by the way. And, uh, I pulled down in 23 minutes, 500 microns. Okay. So then I tried the quarter inch hose 500 microns took uh, 43 minutes, almost double the time. Now the connection size, it doesn't matter because it's quarter inch. It's the hose size that matters. It's the hose size that makes a difference. Okay. And, and after I was done, what I realized was after both evacuations, I disconnected everything and left the micron gauge on the recovery tank must have a leak because the pressure continued to rise on the micron gauge it didn't level off it just kept going up and going up going up it was slow but it kept going up so that leak in the tank it could have made a difference on the recovery speed or sorry the uh, the evacuation speed who knows right but it was the same tank for both te- for both tests so true blue hose 23 minutes quarter inch hose 43 minutes i put the the two um screenshots of the app in a post on um, Instagram, Facebook. I think I put it on LinkedIn too. I can't remember. But yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. That's the kit, guys. 8% off, just over 1200 bucks. And if you want to save on Testo stuff, I don't know why you wouldn't because the stuff is completely badass. I will leave the preferred Testo pricing link in the podcast summary. And I'll also leave the link to the kit. I'm calling it the kit. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I'll also leave that in the summary as well. So listen, HVAC know it all. It's no, it's no um, it's no mystery or or it, 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 it's not hidden that HVAC know it all utilizes sponsorship to help out the project. But 
I'm going to be honest with you is I've always had a, uh, a gut feeling about things and about people and, 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 and a judgment that, that I felt has been pretty good throughout my life. I've been approached by, man, it, it, it's, it's incredible. The, the amount of, since I started this podcast, I'd say within the last six months or so, because the podcast has really been, been growing and blowing up. We're, we're at about 150,000 listens in just over a year, which, which blows my mind. So it's weekly I get um, emails or messages Hey, uh, can I come on your podcast and promote this? Hey, hey, do you want to uh, give me a shout out for this and that? And uh, listen, if I repped everything that everybody approached me for, <laughs> I, I would I would lose all credibility. Okay, and and the people that are serious about their products, they want to work with people um, in the industry that that do this kind of stuff and they, they want to have a relationship. They just don't want to have a one-off and a one and done and, and be done with it. So I say that because the, the sponsors that I've chosen to work with, I've had that gut feeling about. I've used their products. I love them. Okay. Um, and I get that, that gut feeling from the people that when I discuss things over the phone or email, they are in love with their own products and they're confident about them and they know that it'll help technicians out in the field. So that's why I choose to rep those products. Okay. Cause I could be repping 30 products right now, but I choose not to because they're not worth repping. So that being said, I got to go through the lineup of, of sponsorship material because these are the people that help me. And I'm going to help them right back because their stuff is worth um, purchasing, in my mind, by any tech in the industry. So critical systems, guys. Um, I was working on a reach-in cooler this week that contained like 10 or 11 ounces of 134A. Now, you got to be out of your mind to go and hook up a set of gauges that have like five-foot hoses attached to them because you're going to remove quite a bit of that charge, a, a decent portion. So that's where the smart probes come in from Testo. I, that's what I used. And I actually took a picture of the readings that I was getting, because there was no discharge um, service port. There was only a suction. And I took the suction pressure, the, the temp, and I took the liquid line temp. And I'm like, hey, hey guys, what do you think is wrong with this? And my, my HVAC sixth sense, as well as the readings I was getting, told me that it was probably a liquid line restriction. Okay, and later on it was, because I, I attached uh, my piercing tool on the discharge line, and I took a reading, and yep, discharge, or liquid line restriction. But the Testo Smart Probes, they have a very, very small space to to allow pressure to enter. And you're not gonna lose much of a charge if you actually have to put the transducers onto a system. You're not gonna lose much. You're gonna lose way less than you're gonna putting a hose on a system. 
So if you work on anything that's critically charged, anything small, that's what they're great for. They're good for for other stuff too. They're good for big systems too if you want to check the pressures, but they're particularly good for that critically charged stuff. Um, this week I posted a picture of a giveaway that's going to happen um, in a couple of weeks. And it was the Series 41 Yellow Jacket Digital Gauges. So it's a Series 41 manifold, but instead of the compound gauges that fit on top, it was digital gauges. There was a lot of likes and a lot of engagement on that. And I was actually getting messages. Hey, when can I, when can I win those? How do I win those? I said, hey, guys, it's coming soon. I appreciate the excitement, but you guys got to read the post. So anyway, the Series 41 Digitals by Yellow Jacket are another great tool. It's, it's, it's a kind of a stepping stone to the digital world. It's It's inexpensive if you're unsure about digital it kind of bridges the gap you know what i mean um so going on regarding refrigeration technologies guys it's the the, the summer is coming and we're going to be doing a lot of brazing and the infamous tx valves and hot gas bypass valves and filter dryers and whatnot and and i actually seen a post not too long ago with with the dryer the paint all chipped off. I don't know where where it was from. I don't know if it was a coastal city, but the coastal city sometimes you, you can't really avoid it. But that paint once once you start to once you torch the paint on a dryer and it chips away a little bit, it will continue to chip away. And a lot of dryers you have no choice because they're outside, like in a in a RTU, like a package rooftop. Um, so if you torch it, that paint will start to chip away. And over time, you'll expose um, underneath that paint and you'll start to corrode and your dryer will eventually leak. So protecting dryers for me is a must. And I use the uh, the Viper wet rag by Refrigeration Technologies. It has superior heat blocking capabilities, hands down, 100%. Um, what I want you guys to do, if you can... AC um, Smart Shot by Cool Air Products is a product that goes into a system. It's advertised as um, basically a cleanup. It breaks down oil fouling that's created an insulation uh, barrier between uh, the ambient and the refrigerant. Once you break down that fouling, the heat transfer becomes uh, greater. And I've tried it, and I got some good results out of it. But I would like, on on an older system that might be on its last legs, it's, I would like you guys to give it a go. And it's supposed to take about 24 hours to circulate through the system to start having effects. I had elevated superheat and elevated um, subcooling and a reduced uh, pressure on the uh, on the discharge line. So I got some results from it, but I'd like to get some feedback. The other two products I tested, uh, Smart Seal External, okay, and uh, Smart Seal Quick Shot, I've tested, and I know it works, and I've gotten good feedback from them. And this is the same company. This is what I'm talking about, about gut feeling. So when you have two products that work for you, um, and you go to the third, 
you're going to have that kind of confidence about it, right? So please check that out and let me know your feedback. And and the other thing, guys, I entered into a relationship with House Call Pro. They're a, uh, a field-based software that allows dispatching it allows um, it allows you to contact the homeowner when you're on your way. You can create uh, pie charts for individual customers. You can have uh, individual customers can have their own profile. You can see the 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 quotes you've sent out, the bids you've won from them, the bids you've lost, how much they owe you, how much they've invoiced, or how much you've invoiced them. It, it, it's pretty cool and it's very very simple. I, I I sat down with Joshua Liu, and as I've mentioned on the podcast earlier, I sat down with him connected to his computer and he showed me how it all works he took the time um he actually stayed late because he was supposed to leave at five and i'm pretty sure it was like five five thirty his time uh by the time we were done so um check that out guys and there's a landing page set up for that it's it's housecallpro.com forward slash hvac know it all Kevin, how are you doing tonight, my man? Doing great, Gary. How are you? I am I am doing well. Uh, spring seems like it's finally here in Toronto. Um, I don't know exactly where you're located, so how's the weather where you're at? I am in Louisiana. It's, uh, well, the rain is gone for the day, for the time being. Sun came back out and the birds were happy. <laughs> yeah. It's always nice when you wake up to the birds singing. Yes, indeed. So it's always nice just to wake. Period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you when you get to a certain age and you wake up, you're like, yeah, it's a good day. I woke up, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So you and I are going to have a discussion on on some some different stuff regarding refrigerant safety, and then we're going to discuss something a little bit more serious towards the end where you had a friend that got into some trouble with some refrigerant huffing, right? So um, I think that what we should do is to set this up properly, get an introduction of yourself, um, your experience in the trade, and, and just kind of just kind of your life in the trade to this point. Okay. Uh, my name is Kevin Gleason. No relation to Jackie, so please don't ask. <laughs> I've been in the business, uh, started when I was roughly about 15 years of age, uh, give give or take a year, got into the residential. And uh, as the years progressed, I, I discovered I didn't want to be in the residential much longer, so I jumped to the commercial side of things and never looked back. I've been in the business for 45 years, and uh, give or take, you know, a year or two, close enough and stayed on the commercial side, especially on the kitchen equipment side of it. Did the uh, hot side and the cold side and loved every minute of it. Still do, but due to a severe injury, um, looks like I might be forced into a supervisory position or possibly even retirement. I'm not certain at this point. So the uh, the kitchen stuff, like you said you enjoy it, but it my... Um recollection of kitchen stuff or i shouldn't even say recollection but my um 
experience with kitchen stuff is that a lot of it is filthy. Do you experience that, and, and how do you get around dealing with it? It varies. Uh, some people take really good care of their equipment, which you are pretty much 100% correct on that one. Um, typically, when you get to something that's overly greasy, I just kind of scrape my way through things, uh, wear a pair of gloves and long sleeve shirt or some, you know, some type of sleeves to pull up over my arms just to keep it off, you know, because once some of that stuff gets in the hair on your arms, it's kind of takes a while to get it out. At one point in time, <laughs> yeah. I had to literally shave it off to get it out. <laughs> yes. It's like, like waxing your arm and that stuff. Gets exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh some of them can be really gross, but there are some people out there that, that, take pride in their equipment and uh, they keep it clean, you know, cause it's, especially if the customers can see it, you know, they don't want, they want presentation to be of the utmost. Yeah. You, I don't blame them. I, I, I agree with you. And the restaurants that I enjoy eating at are the ones where the kitchen is visible to the dining room because you, you, you got to keep it clean. Like I've been in some kitchens where I like the restaurant and the food, but when, once I saw the kitchen, I'll never go back. I'll never go back and eat there. <laughs> never. Uh, I've been there quite yeah. a few times. Yeah, I, I can imagine, man, working in that industry. Funny story, actually. We um, In Toronto, there's a restaurant. I'm not going to name what it is. And, and we didn't work on the actual restaurant equipment. But there was an air conditioner for the, uh, the dining area that we took care of. It was a split unit. had a big air handler. And it had a, I think it was like a, 15 ton or something condensing unit out, out out in the uh the back had a big honking uh, scroll compressor in it and the drain line always gets plugged on this thing always 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 i haven't been there for years i don't even know if we still take care of it but the kitchen was so messy and everything and you had to get on top of the walk-in cooler to access the air handler and while you were up there you had no room because all of their crap was stacked on top of the, the walk-in and you had about maybe two feet of standing room, maybe three feet of standing room. And then the, the, um, the air handler was offset. So it was kind of overhanging the walk-in. So you're kind of jammed up there. So I had to blow out the drain line one time and I turned on my nitro. I brought my nitrogen tank up, turned it on. And this is the dangers of compressed gas. So this is why I'm bringing this up. I turned on the nitrogen and um, I stuck the hose down the drain, right? And I opened up the ball valve on the hose and I was blowing it out. Nice, perfect. And then the hose started creeping out, out the line and it came out the line. And I don't know what I had going through it, maybe 150, 200 PSI. And it was like a five foot hose and it just started flopping through the air. And the brass end was whacking me like on the chest on the, the arms, on the head, everywhere before I finally caught it, right? <laughs> so I was getting beat up by this thing. And uh, so I come down, I finally get get it under control. I come down the ladder and the kitchen staff is staring at me like they seen a ghost. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, your head is like gushing blood. And I put my hand on my head and like blood everywhere. It was coming down the side of my face. You know what I mean? Just because the brass end of the hose had hit me on the... Uh, in, in the side of the, the the head, so just be careful when you're dealing with compressed gases because that shit can be dangerous. So it's kind of 
along the lines of what we're going to talk about during the podcast. So, so I didn't mean to steal your thoughts. Had, you, you just reminded me of something. So I have to tell that story. Oh, well, I've had some, that's why I cut the end of the brass end off the end of them. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good idea I mean, for, yeah, that's a good idea. If you're just going to use it for pressurizing drains and whatnot. Yeah. I'll tell you, it still hurts though. Oh yeah. It's like when your dad used to take the belt after you when you were a kid, you know, you thought you're getting whipped with a four by four post or something. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, exactly. So you spent most of your time in the restaurant uh gig. Is did you do anything else? Any large commercial or small commercial or anything like that? I've done a lot of large commercial stuff. Okay. Uh, for quite a few I've done some chillers and some uh for one of the major uh, retailers. I worked for them for quite a few years uh, in house maintenance, and I had two units that had, or, or two stores that had, uh, one of them had York chillers, and I forget what the other one was, but uh, had two with chillers and then one with the uh, package units all over it. I think my biggest was, I want to say 40 ton, I think. I've done, uh, we, I didn't really do any installs for them. I did more repairs, changing out compressors, blowers, uh, blower motor squirrel cages. Uh, anything beyond that was bid out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of what I, I'm, I'm more like, we do some small commercial, but we also do some large stuff as well. So we kind of have a span of, uh, our our range is is really wide when it comes to what we do because we we have some small kitchen stuff and then we have some big huge chillers for um uh server rooms or data centers for banks so um <clears throat> the range is good and that that's why I really like working where I am and that's why I've been been there for so long and I get treated well and I got freedom and so so I've been there for a while but you and I wanted to discuss something that um something that is uh, kind of a safety concern for everybody. And, and for me, I, I go online a lot. I'm online a lot reading comments and posts and everything like that. And, and one thing that kind of bugs me is that techs are very, very concerned with the health of a, of a system, very, very concerned with it. And it's always a battle on who does better work and who pulls a better vacuum. But I never hear anybody speaking about the dangers of what they're doing and how it's affecting their health. So that's, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. And and you and I had a pretty good conversation a few days ago regarding this. And, and one of the things is refrigerant, right? And breathing it in, coming in contact with your skin, your eyes. And, and I'm going to tell you a quick story just because I've seen pictures online and it reminds me of what happened to me and it was a bad experience. So I was, I was up in a ceiling space working on a ductless split unit and the condensing unit was actually in the ceiling. Um, and the, the wall hung evaporator was down in the room. So the heat was just being rejected back to the HVAC system and being pulled um, through the return air and it's getting rid of it that way. So the line the, the refrigerant lines were coming down through the ceiling and there was one line up in the ceiling that had a uh, service port on it and I wanted to put my gauges on it to check the pressure. So 
I start unscrewing it. It was real, real tight. So I get to the end and all of a sudden, the charge starts dumping into the ceiling. There was no Schrader behind it. So me not, not being wise enough. Um, I take the cap because it just kind of landed in the, in the ceiling space. And I saw where it landed. I grabbed it and I'm forcing it back on the whole time while liquid refrigerant is coming out. Right. And, and this must've lasted for like 30, 40 seconds while I'm trying to put this thing on. And when I was done, my hands, I got so bad frostbite on my hands and, and what I did and I shouldn't have done is I ran to the bathroom and I poured cold, uh, hot water onto my hands instantaneously. The pain got like four times worse and I could have, I could have cried. That's how bad the pain was. It was excruciating. Um, and I would say about a day later, a day and a half later, it just swelled up into pus balls of just fluid. Anybody that's ever been burnt with refrigerant, you, you see that happen to them. Their, their skin just kind of inflates and it's just filled with, with fluid inside there. Um, and for about two weeks, I couldn't put my hands in my pockets. That's how bad the pain was. Have you ever experienced anything like that before? I've been burned, but never that bad. Yeah. And I had, a co- I had a co-worker that was burned. Um very very in in a very very similar way i was really young when i did it and i couldn't believe my boss said to me you know he said and and it blew my mind he said if that happens again just walk away and let it piss out i'm like thanks for saying that because i wasn't expecting that i was expecting to be yelled at or whatever but that's that's what he said just walk away let it piss out we'll have to deal with it after because you shouldn't be putting your hand in front of that and when you when you look up like i i was on a, a safety data sheet for r22 yesterday and exactly what it says skin and eye contact um can cause frostbite so and and here's a uh here's why because the boiling point at atmosphere is minus 41.3 degrees fahrenheit cool I believe it's Fahrenheit. I should double check that. Well, you know what? Minus 41 around there, Fahrenheit and Celsius are pretty much the same. So we can, we can use that number. But if you take some R22 and, and you try to pour it out of a jug onto the ground, it immediately evaporates is because it's boiling off. And, and that's at minus 41.3 degrees Fahrenheit. So no wonder it's, it's burning your skin being that cold, right? That is cold. Imagine what it does to your lungs if you get trapped inside of a unit like we had talked about. You know, inside of when I was doing residential, I was over the top, pulled the the fan and the wires and all out of it, and was over the top of it. I was unsoldering the liquid line. Had an OEM compressor going back in. Figured, you know, quick, easy, in and out. You know, pull a vacuum, charge, gone. You know, the guy I'm working for is going to make some money. Whew. Next thing I know, I'm laying on the ground. Torch is still inside of the unit. Last thing I remember seeing this big green cloud come up in my face. And I was out. It black, I blacked out. Nobody was around. He came around the corner after it happened to me. He, you all right? He turned the torch off or it burned the unit up. 
But yeah, it's it's a hazard that a lot of people aren't aware of, especially the new people that are in, you know, just coming fresh out of school and need to be aware of things like that because there's some things that the boss or, or supervisor or whomever or even the owner won't share or not intentionally not share with them, but just, hey, you know, uh, you're the lead tech. You know, take them under your wing. Go drive them around for a few weeks or whatever and, and you know, show them some things and let's see what they can pick up on and learn. And you just don't think about things like that until after the fact. And that's one of the reasons I think that you wanted to have this conversation was uh, try to help make some people aware of, be aware of the situation, what could happen. Exactly, man. Uh, and and like you said, no, no, no senior tech ever warned me of of the dangers of dealing with refrigerant not not the way i learned <laughs> you know what i mean ha- having it um having it burn me like that and and, and there's other cases and, and i'm going to talk about some more of them um and and these are all involving r22 because that's that's what i learned on was r22 and i know the industry's shifting from r22 but i mean every ref- we can't talk about every refrigerant I can only talk about my experiences of, of what I've dealt with and every refrigerant's going to have its own kind of danger. Like these, these new ones that are coming out that are, that are causing explosions. You see overseas um, a lot, especially in the, like the more third world countries, there's fridges blowing up uh, when these technicians are working on them. And partly because the, the, the gas they're putting in these things are, are flammable. And they're probably not purging them correctly when before they work on them, and they're probably not having the proper education on them either. Butane, a lot yeah. of them are. are uh, they're actually coming out with uh, some of now that are uh, full of butane. Yeah. And uh, the propellant is butane. There's, uh, and actually, I heard read somewhere that they're coming out with the uh, back out with ammonia based, which most of your RVs, which I've worked on quite a few RVs, uh, refrigerators, I actually actually used to sell uh, Dometic uh, rooftop units and refrigerators, and their refrigerators are based on ammonia base. So when you're driving down the road in your RV and you have the generator running so you can keep your refrigerator going, you know, it's running on electricity. But when you stop and, and at a campground or whatever and you plug in, now you're reverting back to the heater, which heats up the ammonia, which, you know, does the total opposite of the of – the, uh, generator mm-hmm. so there are a lot of them that are that are coming out now that are ammonia based and a lot of butane i think hot shot was one of the ones that first came out and it was butane based and they were trying to uh replace r12 with uh hot shot and i was like oh that could be scary i never heard so of, I'll, i've never heard of hot shot really yeah yeah, it's a, it's a, when they, when they were getting rid of R12 years ago, I did a lot of conversions on vehicles uh, to 134A, and I tried some hot shot one time until I figured out it had butane in it, and uh, it, it's extremely flammable, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. I've, you know, I'm one that's kind of like yourself, learned a lot of the things in the field called University of Hard Knocks, the hard way. No one really said you know don't do this do that you know i learned from the experience 
and good and bad. I mean, you learn, you don't forget it, but that's one of the reasons I wanted to share some of this with you on the, on this conversation yeah. for that reason to try yeah. to help some people because there are some people out there that need it and they need to hear it. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and, and speaking on, I, I actually didn't know this, but 410A, well, it, it's a mixture of two gases, R32 and R125. Uh, it's a 50-50 mix. And the 32, the R32 is actually mildly flammable. So I don't know what they mean by mildly flammable, but I've never, myself, I've never seen 410A ignite with a torch and, and cause any any issues i've seen i've seen the oil ignite <laughs> i've seen the oh, oil yeah. ignite and ca- cause a uh basically a flamethrower coming out of the pipe but uh i've never seen the actual refrigerant ignite um but back back to r22 for a minute they actually say um i had a note here both r22 and 410a they they say they're they're low acute toxici- toxicity it's hard to say that word for some reason. Toxicity <laughs> in in animals. I hate saying that word for some reason. So they're saying there's there's low acute um, toxic effect in animals. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what their definition of to- toxic is. But I'll tell you one time we we had years and years and years ago we pulled a whole bunch of uh, small little wall mounted units. So you know those little units that you you see in those hotel, in hotel rooms, we used to call them incremental units, but I don't think that's the correct term for them. Um, that would do heating and cooling. They're like little heat pumps, pretty much. Um, yeah, the miniature uh, wall packs, I think is what they call them, referred to them as. Yeah, so, so we pulled like several of those out of one building, and they're all sitting at the back of the shop, and they had to go to the, the, the scrapyard, and the tech, he was licensed. He was a licensed guy, but he was newly, he was like a new tech. He was like a, a junior tech, but he wasn't an apprentice anymore. So they're all sitting at the back of the shop and the, the scrap guy won't take them unless the, the refrigerant has been removed from them. So he comes along with his, with his, <laughs> with his side cutters and snip, 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 snips all of them. And there's a cloud of gas in the, the whole shop and I'm standing in there and he's standing. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Like, why are you doing that? And I'm I'm just like a second or third year apprentice. And immediately, I felt the effects of breathing this shit in. 100% I felt it. Um, and it wasn't until years later that I actually started being educated more on it and thinking back to how I felt that day. And some of the notes that I have here is like, um, irregular heartbeat. If you breathe in R22... Um, it can cause a regular heartbeat and arrhythmia if you breathe in enough. Um, your lungs actually start to get heavier because it induces um, fluid in the lungs, like almost like an ammonia. And and I feel when I breathe in refrigerant, for whatever reason, I feel the ba- my back, my back at the lower end, it starts to feel heavy and tight every single time. Um, and obviously the breathing patterns change. And I also do feel that change in heartbeat when I breathe it in. So these are some dangers that people need to be aware of. Um, don't, don't expose yourself to this stuff purposely, like 
like this tech did to, to him and I back then, right? It, <laughs> you you got to be very careful because you, you, your, your body, a lot of say your body is a temple. And if you don't treat your body right, you're not going to be healthy. And you want to be healthy for as long as you can in your life. And, and I think that your body being healthy is more important than any system, any system in the world being healthy. I don't know. If oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. You're talking about that and cutting, sniffing. I've seen that done a thousand and one times myself, but this one in particular time, uh, I was working for a large uh, retailer without mentioning any names, and I was in a rack house on the on the ground, and uh, I want to say it was all car lock compressors. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but anyway. Uh, this guy had been called out over the weekend. Uh, it was my off weekend, so something had happened, and he got called out. And I happened to show up there Monday morning, and he was there. I'm like, okay, you know, tell me what's going on. He told me. And we're in the rack house, and I said, okay, that's fine. All right. And I said, well, he said, well I'm almost done. I've I, I put like 450 pounds of R22 in here, and, and uh, I'm fixing to disconnect, and and go double check everything and leak check it one more time. And he said, I'm pretty sure I'm done. I said, okay, cool. So I turned to walk out and he'd already taken the suction line off and put the cap on and he starts pulling off the, the liquid line hose. And I, I heard it. I turned back around and I mean, it was it, a, a, a cloud just filled the entire rack house. I jumped out of the door. I was, and I hollered at him. I said, get out of here now. No, 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 no. And he's trying to cap it back off. Well, you got 450 PSI that he dumped in there, dumping back in his face. I mean, he was on his knees working on it. And I finally, I stepped out and I kicked all the fans on in the rack house to help try to pull it out. And I, I took a deep breath and I ran back in. I grabbed him by the back of the collar and I just literally just drug him out. I told him, you know, let go now. And I mean, I, I'm don't really, I couldn't see where he was. It was so bad. And uh, he was forever grateful. But then he tried to charge the company I worked for for 900 pounds, the 450 that he dumped, and the additional 450 he had to put back in. And, uh, I felt it. I, 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 as soon as it happened, I felt it, you know, because I had to take a breath before I got out of the rack house. And then once I got out, I took a couple of quick breaths and cleared my lungs and I ran back in and grabbed him out. And he was, uh, he wasn't very, he wasn't feeling very good. He was throwing up a little bit and stuff. And I grabbed him some water and I said, just, I said, at this point, let it finish. I said, it's not worth risking your life to go in there. And I said, you know, that stuff will kill you. Yeah. He goes, oh, man, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> I said, well, I'd rather get a ribbon than, than have to call the coroner out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the, it displaces the oxygen. I, I had a, I've got a friend that works for a, a supermarket refrigeration company, and the same thing happened to him. He was in, he was in one of the rack rooms, and uh, something let go, and he went in to try to fix it, to try to repair the, the thing. And he almost passed out. He, he was very, very close to passing out. Um, the ambulance, like 911 was called when he finally got out because there's this big fiasco. And um, 
said he he said he was scared shitless of of what was happening because he he, he started um not being able to breathe and he barely got out of the room like if he stayed in there for another 30 seconds he could have died 100 percent. and, and oh, yeah. he, he admits that and it just happened like not too late i think it happened last summer to him so and he's been doing this for a while it's not like he's new and in into the field so um very very dangerous stuff and and the other the other thing i wanted to bring up was was phosgen now Phosgen doesn't really happen with the newer gases because you need chlorine um, for for that uh, for that phosgen to be created. Like you remember the old halide leak detectors, right? You probably used those in oh yeah back in oh, the yeah. day. Yeah. So for those that don't know what a halide leak detector is, because there's probably young techs in their twenties going, what, what the hell is a halide leak detector? Well, basically what it was is like. It was a contraption with a hose on it, and uh, you screw it down to like a little propane tank or MAPS gas or whatever, and you light it up, and you take the hose and you run it along the piping, and when there's a refrigerant leak, that gas gets sucked up through the hose, and it hits the flame, um, and and it hits a copper reactor plate, and the flame turns green or like a bluish green, and that's how you know you have a leak. Now, the problem with that is that you're generating phosgen when you do that. And phosgen is terrible um, for you. And I, I'm sure you've had a mouthful of phosgen. You told the story to me the other day, so you might as well tell it again. Well, the day that I was changing the unit out in, in the cloud. Yeah, well, was, that the, was, uh, that the, was that the was that phosgen you got? Yes, that was phosgen. Yes. Okay. I was inside of a, I don't remember particulars, but... Uh, what unit or what name brand it was, but we pulled the the fan, the the housing, the fan and all out to, we had to access the uh, compressor through the top. So I was basically head first down inside this unit and we had an OEM compressor that was going back in. So I figured, you know, it, it had all leaked out, no big deal, you know, unsolder it, you know, unbolt it, pull it out, you know, Drop new one in, vacuum charge it, gone. Make money for you know for the company. Well, it didn't work out so good. <clears throat> Excuse me, I uh, I've been over it. I got the suction line out. A little bit of gas came out, and you know I was like, oh okay, well cool. You know that's not very much I can do with that. And then I got to the liquid line, and when I hit it, and I pulled it. Oh man, I mean the whole inside of it. It looked like something from the Green Hornet, you know, a scene from the Green Hornet. It just whoosh, and all I saw was green, and I took a breath at the same time I saw it, which was too late. I should have taken a breath before I did it, but unbeknown to me, that was going to happen. Uh, dropped the torch, and I blacked out. I fell back onto the ground. Luckily, the guy that, you know, I was working with, uh, he came around the corner. He turned the torch off and got me up. And, you know, what happened? What happened? He goes, oh, we should have just held your breath. I said, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but uh, I learned. I learned the hard way. And uh, what I've done, what I did after that, if I suspected that refrigerant might be trapped inside the oil in the bottom of the compressor, there's a couple of things that you can do. You can throw a vacuum pump on it, but you're not going to pull all of it out of that oil. So the best way to get it out 
is take like a map gas and take a handheld and make a handheld that you can keep the tank outside of the unit and just stick the hose down there with the, with the torch end of it and just kind of heat it up a little bit with that vacuum pump going and suck it out before you disconnect your liquid line. That way you ensure that doesn't happen to you. I mean, especially if you have all 22. And I mean, now they have the, let's see, what was I using recently was 427A, I think it's called. And that's a direct replacement, which is some good stuff. But yeah, that's, you know, like I said, you know, that's called the University of Hard Knocks. Some of us have to learn our lessons the hard way because the other senior techs don't want to tell you. Well, it's not a matter if they don't want to tell you. Maybe they're too busy. Maybe they forget. Maybe I don't know what the problem is. But I try to share my experience with anybody that wants to listen to prevent them from having to go through some of the things that I went through. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's no reason to hide knowledge from anybody. The the one the ones no. that hide the ones that hide their knowledge are usually the ones that are very insecure about their own their own skills to begin with. So, uh, I mean, sh- share so everybody can can learn from you. And and the the vacuum pump thing, I actually mentioned that a couple of years ago online within a a post or a conversation or whatever. And there was people beating me up, going, "Oh, I would never." Now I'm sucking air into the system. And you know what, man? Your health is more important than the system's health. And you're going to pull a vacuum when you're done anyway, right? So if you're exactly. going to be brazing up a line, and I've done this um, numerous times because, like, if I've had to cut a condenser coil in the middle to, to put in a new piece of pipe or something, uh, it was really difficult repairs. And and the condenser's filled with oil, and the oil's like igniting, and it's lighting, and the smoke. Like what I've done in the past is I hook my gauges up and I turn my vacuum pump on, and it's helped so much um, pulling that that oil back away from the flame, and and keeping any of any of the vapor boiling off the oil, pulling it away from the flame. I know it doesn't work a hundred percent, but it helps a hell of a lot. And I had people beating me up saying, oh, yeah, now you're sucking moisture into the system. Well, yeah, so what? At least I'm not breathing it in. And when I'm done, I'm going to pull a vacuum anyway. So what's the big deal, right? Um, well, the other thing you can do, too, is, is hit it with nitrogen while you're pulling the vacuum to help push the oil out of your way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pr- yeah, purge it with nitrogen and get move some of that stuff and then, then hit it up with a vacuum, sure. Because the the phosgen, yesterday I wrote this down, and I didn't know what it meant, but phosgen causes, um, it's highly toxic, first of all, and and it causes, um, it produces delayed onset, I've got to read this word now, cardiogenic pulmonary edema, and I'm like, what the hell is that? It doesn't sound good, but... Palpitations. Yeah, it says it's caused by respiratory respiratory distress. So obviously, if you breathe that shit in, you're gonna have some respiratory distress. So it's gonna cause issues with with your heart, and and that's exactly what it's doing, man. So it's really bad stuff. So it it, it kind of baffles me that companies don't have PPE to protect techs from this, like um, some sort of respirator 
or 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 some sort of because I've worn masks in the past, just like the 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 3M <clears throat> um, dust mask with the good filter on it, but it doesn't really filter out like the Fosgen or whatever. You, you still get a dose of it if it's there. So it surprises me that you don't hear about more techs using proper um, breathing apparatuses when they're when they're brazing. No, a fresh air, a fresh air mask would be probably the best thing to use. I mean, RZ mask makes a good, quick, portable mask, but it still isn't going to keep the phosphorus gases out. I mean, it's, it will cut them down a lot better than little paper masks that you buy at, you know, at Ace Hardware or whatever. But uh, if you know willingly that you're going to be inside of a, uh, a walk-in evaporator like I've, I've dealt with, you know, you should definitely have on a fresh air mask, kind of like a, a a painter would use that paints automobiles. They use, you know, they have a special compressor that, that supplies air to them and into their suit and they have this big old mask. It looks like a diving mask and that's basically what they need. Yeah. I agree it, with it, you 100%. It, yeah. So it's pressurized so nothing can get into it, right? Right. It seals yeah. around your face and they just have fresh air pumping into you. I mean, yeah. it's really, really, it's a lot of headache. And a lot of people say, ah, well, you know what? I've been doing this for a hundred years. I can go in there and I can unsolder it before you even get set up. Just get out the way. And next thing you know, you and three other guys are trying to pull that individual out of the inside of that unit. Yeah. Telling him when he comes to, well, you should have listened. You sound like half the, half the guys on Facebook. <laughs> when you say that? <laughs> uh, I mean, Back to your comment earlier about people bashing you about the fact that you're going to put, you know, you're going to you're going to pump air into the system or pull air into the system by throwing the vacuum pump on it. And like you said, and I agree with you a thousand and one percent, you're going to put a new dryer on there. And typically, what I like to use is a burnout dryer, which they're a lot cost wise, they're more costly, but longevity on the other end of it you're not coming back in three to four months to pull a vacuum you know suck all the refrigerant back down pump it back down into the unit and change the dryer out because you think you might have, still have some impurities in it you put a burnout dryer on it you make certain you flush the system very well put a burnout dryer on it you pull a vacuum if i have the time i'll throw the vacuum pump on there put you know change the oil in it put some fresh oil in it because that's what catches all your viscosities anyway your humidity and such and put it on there and go do something else for a couple of hours or longer. And because the longer you pull, the better off you are. And then charge it up, let it rip. But as far as doing what you and I were doing, what we're talking about, pulling the gases out of the system, uh, why does it matter? You're going to pull a vacuum on it once you seal it back up anyway, and it's going to be a thousand percent better than it was before. So, I don't see an issue with that. Well, yeah, yeah. especially if you if you're avoiding yourself from breathing in all that crap. So exactly, yeah, like you said, your your health is more important. Yeah, because if if you think about it, put put it this way, and anybody that's listening, that that machine you're working on, it, it's going to be going to the scrap heap before you die. And 
probably three more will go to the scrap heap in, in its place before you die. So what, what, what put that on the scale? You know what I mean? Um, you, you're trying to keep this, this thing healthy for another six, seven years, 10 years, maybe, but you're trying to keep yourself healthy for the rest of your life. So what it, 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 I, I would, I don't even like to, I, I do it, but I don't even like to purge my hoses if I'm inside, you know what I mean? purge my hoses and then then I get a bit of a then I then I breathe breathe that crap in like I do server room work and stuff like that and purging your 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 hose is not a lot but it's it's there it's not you're not in an open space where there's breeze and air flowing um and taking that stuff away it's just circulating within the room and I don't even like doing that it it bothers me no purge them before you go in and then close your ball valves Yep. No, that, that, that's, that's, Do it out. that's a great idea. But the problem is, I mean, like I, I use test hose and the only thing you got to remember is what refrigerant, once you turn them on, it'll, it'll show you what refrigerant you used prior. So you just got to make certain that you purge, you know, you don't want to mix them. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. But other than that, that's what I do. I'll hook it up, purge it. And then when I go inside that way, it, especially in the kitchen side of things, when you're doing the refrigerant side, you don't want any refrigerant out there, especially if you're right there where the customers are, you know. And, oh, what's that cloud coming up over there? Oh, whew, my ears are ringing. 911, hello. <laughs> no, we don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. Well, all, all of this leads up to the original story you wanted to tell. Um, like, I, I made a post about a month ago joking about um puffing r22 and and i made my eyeballs really big with a snapchat filter just 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 as a joke but then then you made a comment that was uh uh very serious and that's why i said like we should do a podcast and talk about this so you you actually had a friend that that had some serious issues and maybe you should you should tell that story he did um he had some drug issues and he was on probation and he figured a way they were only checking him like once every two weeks, I think at the time, or maybe once a month. And then every time they check him, he fell. So then they increased and increased and it ended up being every day that they were checking him, even on the weekends. Uh, he couldn't drink alcohol. He couldn't, you know, whatever drugs they were popping him for, uh, he couldn't, you know, so he figured out a way around the system, so to speak. And uh, it was by huffing Freon. And he had told my wife and I, uh, you know, he he was my best friend. His dad is the one that got me started in the residential side. And uh, also, he was a big drag racer, which, you know, I had the need for speed. So at 14, 15 years of age, you know, his dad... I was like, oh, the coolest dad in the world. You got a barracuda with a hemi in it? Huh, what? So he, uh, I didn't, we didn't know what the signs of huffing were. And he had gotten beaten real bad and left on the side of his house for dead. Managed to crawl uh, from the side of his garage into his house. And then went into the hospital you know, not long, an hour or so, whatever it was afterwards. And he was scared to go home, and rightfully so. So a friend of mine was, uh, a friend of ours was ex-Marine, 
and needed a place to live. So I hooked him up. Uh, he came back home and then, uh, I don't know, it's probably a couple months later. So I got a phone call from his parents. Had I seen him? No. I said, well, you know, call his roommate. Well, we did. I said, well, are his flip-flops there? Well, yeah. I said, well, if his flip-flops are there, he isn't far away because he doesn't go anywhere without flip-flops. <laughs> well, lo and behold, the roommate calls me uh, a few minutes later, and he said, you need to get over here now. So we are just a couple minutes away from him. We zipped over there, and I saw something on the side of the house when I pulled up. Well, I jumped out and immediately started going over there where the roommate grabs me and stops me. Uh, long story short, he huffed a little over eight pounds of refrigerant out of his own system. Uh, rigor mortis had already set in when the coroner got there. The coroner had to break him in three places to get him loaded. And, uh, he was an only child and, uh, I had to be the one to call his parents and it broke my heart and things for the family went downhill after that. But uh, it opened my eyes to huffing. And the first, my wife pulled up a couple of articles, one, you know, the next day. And the second one she clicked on just explained all the symptoms that he was telling us. You know, his ears were constantly ringing. He was taking seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 baths a day. Um, his stomach was upset. You know, he felt nauseous all the time. His nose was running. Uh, and just, you know, he thought he had allergies all the time. And everything that I I went and pulled up for this conversation, you know, was pretty much the same thing. You know, what he told me, the only thing I didn't know was, I knew it depleted the oxygen uh, in your system, but I didn't know that it froze your lungs. And it gave the signs. One of the signs is very similar to that of alcohol, you know, getting drunk and the, the similarities are the same. And the thing was, the reason why he was doing it was it would be out of his system before the next day to where when they came to drug testing, they wouldn't pick up anything because it didn't show up on a drug test. And that's why he was doing it just for a quick, cheap high. And it took his life. That's crazy, man. So I got to ask you a question that the bath thing, like the 10 to 12 baths, like, what 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 what's the deal with that like does it make you feel dirty like how does how does the, how does he want that to i don't know out? okay the, the only thing that i could figure uh when i used to drink was you sweat it out and the next day like if you went out the night before partying and you know you get the next day you'd be out till three thirty. you know shut the bars down get up at six o'clock and go to work you're still hung over. You can still get a DWI and it, you can smell it coming out of your pores as you sweat. And the only thing that I could figure was maybe it was affecting, you know, you said you felt it in your back when you breathe it. Yeah. And it says in here that it freezes your lungs. And the only thing I can figure is maybe he was trying to do it for comfort and also probably he could smell it and was trying to get it out of a system by bathing. Mm-hmm. That's only two things that I, I mean, he never, um, unfortunately I never had the opportunity to ask him that, but uh, come to find out his parents, that it wasn't the first time his parents knew about it because they had found him behind 
their house at one time and, and his dad found him and got him up and walked him around and got him straightened up. So we didn't know about that until afterwards. Yeah. And, and, and that's the only reason, that's the only thing I, I'm sorry. I was going to say, how many years ago was that? Uh, 98, 99. Yeah. Okay. So it was a while back. Yeah, because I've—I mean, I've read articles recently that this is becoming, um, like, bigger these days, and and that's why a lot of, um, you see on online, there's there's a lot of manufacturers coming out with with locks, the caps that actually lock, so um, so people can't get at it, and, and I've also read articles that companies, um, I think I read it, what, it was, I think it was one company wrote an article about responding to to various service calls where systems were low on charge and nobody could find a leak and it came it came, they came to find that it was actually uh kids going around and 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 huffing gas out, out of the the air conditioning systems i had one at one of the restaurants i kept having a problem with the reach-in cooler and uh I, I searched it and searched it and searched it. I mean, I found some leaks on the evaporator. Um, and I, I tried some leak, you know, some leak stop in it, ran it through the system, slowed it down and didn't stop them. But I'm like, as minimal as this is, and I, so I shot die through it. Well, <laughs> my first suspicion was someone was helping it. Well, my first suspicion was right. Uh, and I feel sorry for the homeless individual that was doing it. But, uh, cause after I shot the dye through it, I'm sure he glowed in the dark, but, um, that's what it was. It was someone told me that they saw a homeless guy that he was sleeping on top of his cooler one time and they ran him off. And I said, well, so I leaked, uh, locked all the caps down that he could get to on the outside, but he could still reach in if he wanted to. And if he had a crescent wrench, he still could reach in through the backside of the condensing unit and knock one loose and get to it without taking anything apart. So mm-hmm. I had to leave a couple of them to where I could have access. But yeah, I mean, it, it happens and, and it's sad that it happens. And those locks are really great, wonderful idea. But the problem is we have some supply houses around here that will sell them to, to anybody that walks through the front door. Oh, well, you don't need a HVAC universal technician license or you know, certification to buy these. Here you go. You know, keep your kids safe. Well, keeping your kids safe, that's great. But now you just sold it to probably their parents and the parents are going to have the, the lock to it. They should not make them available to anybody but the service technicians, period. No, I, I agree with that because why does a homeowner need to access the refrigerant lines and, <laughs> and the service ports? They don't. No, no, they don't. And you know what's really right interesting right. is uh, sorry. Go on, go on. I'll I'll tell the story after. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I, I was I was gonna gonna ask you if you've seen. I've seen two videos recently. Um, that one is kind of funny, and the other one is like, holy shit! I can't believe that girl's doing that. One one is um. I I don't know where this is, but I don't know if it was um. Somewhere in South America or Europe or whatever, but it looked like a bunch of uh, Spanish guys and the video's funny because they're all dancing and um, 
it looks like they're in a, a school, like a, a classroom that teaches refrigeration. And, and I think the story behind it was, it was the last day or they all passed or something like that. It was the end of the year and they're all getting their certificates. So they're all dancing with like refrigerant jugs in their hand. And some of them are holding like meters or gauges. And the one guy's got a bottle, of, I think it's 410A and he's just cracking it. And then, blowing the vapor out into the whole room and everybody's just dancing and laughing and smiling. I'm like, guys, you just, you breathe it in all that gas. Like it's, it's a funny video just because of the, they're so happy, but at the same time, you're like, geez, it's just cringeworthy when you see them blowing, blowing the 410 out into the room. But then there's another video. It's, this is, this is very scary. Like, and it's gross. There's, there's a video out there going around where, um, somebody's having, it's like parties. I don't know if it's spring break or whatever. There's, there's people walking onto boats and, uh, there's girls in bikinis and, or whatever. And this girl, she's got a hose and she's got an R22 tank sitting right beside her. And she's got the hose in her mouth, like young girl, good looking girl. You know what I mean? With a whole bunch of other good looking people or whatever around like a party. And she's got the R22 bottle right beside her. Turn on, turns on the valve and just huffs it back. I'm like, wow. Like people are doing this at like functions and parties now. Like that, that, that's mind blowing to me. Have you My seen that video? Who sold it to him. Yeah. I, I I've seen, know. I think I I've seen that one. Have you? Yeah. I think I have. I, I remember something about that. It was probably, but, uh, it's probably stolen. I'd imagine. Guaranteed. Well, have or, or, I mean, or it's an HVAC tech <laughs> that's at the party and he brought it and he, and he thought he was cool or so. I, I don't know, but I don't know how they got it. I'm just speculating, but now that would, that would be the scary part right there. Yeah. That would be somebody that does not need to have a license. It, it's, it's gross. It, it's, it's gross to see that, especially to a young person that has no idea um, what, what's going on. So. Well, some of the, some of the symptoms uh, I mean, it, what I looked at one single use can result in a sudden death, which that's what took my friend's life. Uh, and the intoxication only lasts a few minutes. So, you know, back in my day, they used to have, I don't know what it was called. It was a little bottle of something that they would sell at this little head shop and people walk around sniffing it. And when I was in junior high school and someone shoved it up under my face one time and boy, it must have been refrigerant, you know, because it, I know it couldn't have been, but, uh, it made my nose run, my eyes water, made my ears ring, gave me one heck of a horrible headache. And they're like, man, this is good stuff, man. You walk around through school and just hoping this all day and get a buzz on it. You know, I'll pass. But, uh, it, let's see, the, the signs are of huffing mild rash around nose and mouth, watery eyes, sudden weight loss, depression, psychosis, uh, hallucinations may occur. The user can have consciousness or even die or lose consciousness or even die. I'm sorry. Slurred speech, uh, constant headaches, stomach aches, ears ringing, a drunken appearance, uh, excitability, difficulty breathing, throat swell, severe pain in the throat, burning in nose, eyes, lips, ears, uh, after long use and loss of vision, possible loss of vision, it causes nerve and brain damage. I mean, so, you know, the, 
why would you? I don't. I just don't understand why they would even huff it. I mean, what what is? I, I just don't get it. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get a high, you know, go buy you a beer. Go buy you one of those big old lager oil can beers and just chug the whole thing down, pop a hole in the backside of it and let it rip. And there you go. You got your buzz. And it's legal. Well, maybe <laughs> not for a teenager, but, you know. Well, now that now that now that cannabis is legal in Canada, all the all the, everybody's just puffing, taking bong hits now. So, so hopefully that's true. It is legal. Yeah, it is. It is legal here. So, um, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how you you prevent somebody from puffing refrigerant because they're obviously not educated on what it is and, and what it does to you. So, so the locks the locks are a good thing, and and. Man, just just uh, like keeping your truck locked at night. I mean, you, you could have people going through your neighborhood, go r- rummaging through the trucks, and 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 thinking it's cool to to, to steal a, a bottle of refrigerant and take it back to their buddies and and use it for for things they're not supposed to. So keeping your trucks locked will help with that too. But I, I mean, people are going to be stupid everywhere in the world every single day. So we can't prevent everything from happening, but I mean, the the little things like the locks and and keeping your truck locked may help. I I don't know. So the first few segments of that podcast were recorded in my kitchen with all this equipment here. Um, And now I'm down in my basement with this little area that I've kind of curtained off for myself and I'm using a condenser mic and a condenser mic kind of picks up sounds, um, around adjacent rooms, whatever above below. So what I've done here is I've kind of outfitted the microphone with a bit of foam and it's kind of helped dampen that stuff out, but I might need to go forward, um, at times with a more dynamic mic because they don't pick up as much, um, ambient sound. So that's what I may try going forward if this becomes a problem. So actually, <laughs> when my family's home, everybody's yelling, screaming, there's thumping, there's jumping. So <laughs> I may need to look at that going down the road. But um, you can tell a difference between this sound and the sound earlier. It was more echoey. This is a little bit more crisper, I think. Uh, but this little Rodecaster Pro is pretty cool. I can do some cool things. It's got eight tabs on it that I can pre-program uh, for my own music drops, whatever. So here, here, here's an example. So that's pre-programmed into the thing and I can turn it down. I can turn it back up. I can give myself an applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I can give myself a, tell a joke and jokes bad. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this anyway. That's it, guys. This is the the new setup. Um, and during that interview, you probably heard some crackling. I'm going to try to get rid of that too by cutting out cell phone calls altogether and trying to utilize Wi-Fi, maybe some Google Hangout or um, Facebook Messenger calls might even work as well. I'll experiment with that. Uh, but anyways, guys, I got to thank Kevin for getting onto this podcast. It can't be easy to talk about your best friend passing away. And he wanted to talk to you guys about that for, for the awareness factor. 
of the dangers of refrigerant. And, and I know myself the dangers because the stories that I told you about my hand uh, getting burnt and uh, breathing it in and, and what happened to me. Phosgen. You guys got to be very, very careful around refrigerants. Very careful, especially if you're new to the industry and nobody's taught you this stuff. You guys need to be careful. Now, like I said, the health of you, the health of your body, the longevity of your life is more important than the longevity of any system. 100%. I'm not telling you to go out there and do bad work, but I'm telling you to be aware. I'm telling you to be careful. And if it comes down to you or that system, like if it starts pissing refrigerant, don't put your hand in front of that. Walk away. You don't want to breathe that stuff in. You don't want it to burn you. So, Kevin, awesome guy. Great interview, great conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. You guys take what you want from that, but going forward, you got to be very, very safe. Okay. Um, that's it, guys. I'm out. I had fun with this new stuff. Actually got quite the headache on Friday night there. It's Sunday now. I actually got quite the headache on Friday trying to figure all this out, but I think I'm on to something now. Going forward, we'll we'll try to rectify um, the interview process and the crackling and the dropping out of voices during phone calls. Anyway, guys, I'm out. Happy HVACing.